0: Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast right here on where you find your plethora of programming, CKCC Radio. Thank you for for dropping in on this uh, extra special historic episode um, as we talk about Talladega in... I explained the significance of one of the two races that happened this weekend. Um, Cause we got a three race schedule. I should say one one out of the three races, but we'll talk about all three of them. You know, hey, we got stuff to do on this show. Um, talk about some other news and notes that are going on. We got Darlington paint schemes on rolling. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of stuff to really talk about the SRX series, um, what happened in the ARCA race uh, this past Saturday, and whatnot. But before we get to everything else, um, the Xfinity race featured Larry McReynolds on the pit box in a NASCAR competition race uh, for the first time since... Moving to the Fox, um, the Fox booth, and becoming an analyst. Can you tell me what driver was who the the driver who Larry Mack crew chiefed for uh, on his last Cup Series event before moving to the Fox booth? I kind of screwed up the question, but you get what I mean. Who was the driver that Larry Mack was the crew chief for in his last event prior to this weekend? And I and I have to preface this: this is cop, This is not because you could get a totally different answer if I left this up in general. All right. So let's let's talk about Talladega. Uh, Talladega, we would see we had a three race weekend. At Dega. Uh, we would have two races on Saturday. We would have the Xfinity race and the Arca Menards uh, Super Series race. Super series being what the traditional Arca Menards series is. Um, and um, I did not I'll be I'll be forthright and say I did not watch all of the ARCA race, um, but I did see the big wreck that was involved. It was a multi-car wreck that saw Scott Mulan uh, taken to the hospital where he's undergone two surgeries now um, on his leg and ankle, uh, had a compound fracture. Uh, after T-boning another car at speed, uh, the, the Kimmel racing team Uh, owned by uh, Billy Kimmel and Billy Kimmel the third brother and nephew of uh, multi-time Arca series champion Frank Kimmel Um, they didn't do an update Uh, there is a video there there's plenty of videos on the accident Uh, I suggest that if you're not for the faint of heart because uh, there were a lot of scary moments in this. Um, there were cars hurtling over one another. Um, and then there was... Moulton, 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 something. I-, I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time pronouncing his name, people. Um, so just bear with me. But the 69 car, at full speed, um, T-boning the driver's side door of, um, of another car, and it was a very, very scary situation, um, Molten Lawn, uh, whatever his name is, I can't pronounce, I'm probably butchering it, and I feel bad for the guy, um, he, he was alert, a and alert, um, in there, uh, they did have to obviously uh, cut the the roof off the car to get him out. Um, it's very good that he is. Um, that other than that, he is doing okay. Um, but it, like I said, it was a scary wreck, and uh, Kimmel Racing uh, posted. A video on the aftermath of the car, it showed the safety features um, that had um, possibly saved Scott's life uh, with a hard hit like that. Both Scott's and the driver that he had T-boned. And this wasn't going slow. This imagine imagine being T-boned at 45 miles an hour. You know that's gonna hurt. Multiply that by, I don't know, four, five because he was looking at probably about 180 miles an hour when this accident happened. And this was flush, so his entire, the entire front end of his car was just pushed back into the driver compartment. So, but, it, it's good to know that he's alright. Um, I'll be following up on the story. Um, as, as stuff happens, um, but, in the midst of all that, my 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 television, my well, my um, my Spectrum feed had lost service for that. Thankfully, it came back up for the Xfinity race because that is most of the time I will say when you have an Xfinity and Cup race uh, at the same on the same weekend at the same venue. The cup race is usually the money race, but this weekend, due to one entry on the entry list, had generated a lot of interest and a lot of eyes. Not just new eyes back to the sport, but old eyes, and don't mind me, I'm in the mobile studio, so if you hear a little bit of a rumble like... I'm shaking around, it is the roads, and yes, I am being hands-free, of course. Um, anyway, uh, this entry is a, is a long-time fan-favorite entry, long-time favorite car number, owner, and even crew chief, and the name above the door, uh, it all came back together, very nostalgic of. 25 years ago, and that is the black number three returning to the track in Xfinity competition. It was a Richard Childress owned uh, Chevrolet uh, sponsored by Forever Lawn with Larry McReynolds, Fox Sports analyst and XM radio analyst, co host. Of the, uh, of the afternoon shift on that show with Daniel Trotta. longtime crew chief, uh, Daytona 500 winning crew chief for the late Dale Earnhardt. Well, you knew it was gonna be something special if you're getting Larry Mack back on top of the box. And that something special is Jeffrey Earnhardt, the son of Kerry Earnhardt and grandson of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Dale Jr.'s nephew in that black number three car on a one-race deal with RCR and Forever Lawn. And not only did this generate a lot of buzz, but by Friday afternoon, it generated even more buzz that went all around the sport, not just in the sport of NASCAR. This was talked about everywhere. Jeffrey Earnhardt would win the pole at Talladega. His grandfather's last win would come at Talladega, of course, in 2000. So 22 years later, a black number three finds himself as the leader. Now there was a lot in this race, you had a, a lot of players and a wild finish but Noah Gregson beats out Jeffrey Earnhardt yes Jeffrey who was in the top 10 all race um, outside of one pit stop to put him right around 20th place Jeffrey was able on the, uh, the last caution going to the green white checker finish go from Sixth place To just missing the win his best career Xfinity series finish Um, This was huge for the sport and it doesn't help that Noah Gregson tries for um, Some guy named Dale jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. So uh, Certainly happy day in the Chevrolet camp a happy day around the Earnhardt family, because there's many family members that are involved with uh, Junior Motorsports besides Dale Jr. and his sister Kelly. Um, And to see Jeffrey be so successful. And the thing is, Jeffrey, this is probably one of his biggest rides. I know that uh, a few years ago he, um, he ran a handful of races on a part-time schedule with Joe Gibbs Racing. Unfortunately, that was derailed with um, issues with the sponsor uh, that he was bringing with him to that ride. Um, But for the most part, Jeffrey has been a young man who has kind of wanted to do it his way. Um, Did not want to ride on the coattails of the family name and think that a top-tier ride has been offered to him. I've listened to him on speak on both um, his uncle's podcast, along with a couple of other podcasts, where he has said that he he wants to do things his way, and and that has gained a lot of respect by a lot of diehard NASCAR fans, um, you know, and a lot of people in the garage that he doesn't want the nepotism, um, his uncle. Dale Jr. has offered him a, a spot at um, Junior Motorsports. Um, he, did ride, he did drive one race uh, many, many years ago for uh, JRM uh, in a one race deal. Uh, but for the most part, Jeffrey has run uh, most of his career for smaller teams, uh, whether it's been the trucks, the Xfinity series. Or even the Cup Series. Um, He's driven for teams like BK Racing and uh, the old Go Fast Motorsports uh, which which has strong New England ties. Um, You know uh, one of its co-owners Archie St. Hilaire is actually from Maine here and uh, the other co-owner Frankie Stoddard is from New Hampshire. So, um, they definitely have strong New England ties, but he's driven for them. He's driven for, like I said, BK Racing, which we all know, um, for those of you longtime fans know that BK Racing was, uh, a joke, pretty much. Uh, they were worth more, uh, for their charter than they, than anything that they did as a team. Um, then on, he's driven for Rick Ware Racing, um... And uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, a couple of a couple of other teams. Johnny Davis. He's currently racing for and Sam Hunt. Uh, a team that's on the up and go. But for the most part, this has been probably his biggest biggest spot, uh, especially in a in a Childress car. Um, Childress and Chevrolets are just very very fast at these super speedway races. Um, so, you know, there right now was a single ride. Um, I was very, very happy for Jeffrey. Um, very happy that he finished runner-up. And I was very happy for Larry McReynolds. Uh, his first time back on the box uh, in 20-something years. Um, actually, his, his last race was in 2000, was the uh, season finale. Of the Cup Series in 2000, where he um, where he would guide the number 31 pick crew um, for Mike Skinner that day. Um, so that was that was pretty big, and and for Larry Mack it was pretty big too. Uh, he had he had a busy week. Um, his one of his daughters. Um, Got married to a uh, to a racer and team owner, to Jordan Anderson, uh, who is the owner of the 31 Tax Slayer car, uh, driven by Matt, Matt Snyder over in the Xfinity series, and he has a truck in the uh, in the obviously the truck series uh, that he competes with, and has other drivers and teams filling in. Uh, so, you know. Congratulations to Larry Mack, his family, obviously to the Earnhardts, you know, cause that, that certainly brought a lot of eyes back to the sport. Then on the cup side, we would have um, our second multi-time winner this season as Ross Chastain picks up a, um, a really big win. Uh, his second career win, his second win for Trackhouse Racing Um, in a wild, wild race where it seemed like you did not know who was going to win Um, and this is one one of those moments. It it was great. Um, There was a really wild finish there. A wreck in the last turn with Bubba Wallace uh, taking out a good portion of the field and probably the first time I can honestly recall in history that the Childress... Uh, number three car has finished runner-up in both races at the same track on the same weekend as Austin Dillon would finish runner-up to Chastain. um, Eric Jones who was leading that final lap and looked like he was going to pick up his first win with Petty GMS Motorsports would eventually fall to sixth place Leave Kyle Busch finished third. Uh, it was a it was a wild, wild finish. that um, saw so many of the contenders um, either have problems or fall out of the race. It was it was insane. Um, but uh, they move on to Dover this weekend, uh, where the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series will compete. Um, and this is the only stop at the the mile track in. Delaware and it's going to be a real litmus test now. I've said before I've not been very happy with the Car of tomorrow. Well not the car of tomorrow the next-gen car car tomorrow I I don't even know why those words would come out of my mouth. I try to block out the memory of those cars Um, For those of you who don't know what the car of tomorrow is um, Google NASCAR cup series 2008 and look at the photos these cars have a gaudy ass wing in the front a really weird nose um they they look like an indy car mated with a uh, nascar cup series car they are god awful they really are um this car um this next gen car is much better um even though i'm still kind of leery on the um uh, the bigger wheel on the cars, uh, but they do look much better, and they do look a lot closer to what you would find um, at your at your local um, your local uh, dealership uh, than the car tomorrow. But anyway, as I was saying, with this um, next gen car, uh, we've seen great racing everywhere. Great racing at the super speedways, the intermediate tracks, which are Smaller than a super speedway, but, you know, mostly the cookie cutter tracks and two mile tracks. Um, they ran great at those, in my opinion. They even ran good at the mile track at Phoenix. But what they seem to be lacking is um, the high banked races, uh, the high banked short tracks like Bristol, and just the short tracks in general like Richmond and Martinsville. Now, Dover is a high-banked, one-mile track. Um, it's kind of like a Bristol on steroids, I guess. Um, and I'm not... I don't know what to think because they ran good at Phoenix, but yet Phoenix is a one-mile flat track. And they they really have not impressed me at all at the short tracks. Uh, I think that's where they're, they're lacking. I mean, I can kind of... Throw my thoughts on Bristol out the window because it was a dirt race and it was only the second ever dirt race uh, that the Cup Series has run since 1970. So, what I'll do is I'll just kind of dismiss that. But what I saw at Martinsville and Richmond, uh, I was not impressed. Um, so, I'm not really holding my breath when it comes to Dover, uh, but you never know, they could put on a good show, it could be better than most of the Dover races lately. Um, So that'll be something to watch out for right now. um, You have eight drivers uh, that are locked into the playoffs Uh, right now. William Byron and Ross Chastain are the top two. And I think this is starting to lead into a lot of talk of track house racing. And Ross Chastain being a true dark horse in the title picture, uh, with the way the season keeps going, um, and it it is a little surprising, but at the same time, this is what we wanted with this new car of tomorrow. It's kind of evening the playing field um, because last year, uh, Trackhouse was not was was maybe a middle of the pack team. They did have some strong runs uh, as a single car with Daniel Suarez. But uh, they they seem to have really hit it off with this car tomorrow. Both Suarez and Chastain have been rather strong um, in many races. Unfortunately, um, Suarez just has not had the same results that Chastain has had. Um, a lot of smaller teams and even, you know, long-established teams, you know, that have kind of fallen on the luck have seem to be doing better, like uh, Childress. Um, the only teams that have really taken a step back is Stuart Haas. I mean, the Tony stewart Gene Haas team, while Kevin Harvick is in that top 16 in points, along with Eric Amarola. Um, neither one of them have been really strong to finish. The only uh, winner that they've had this season was um, was Chase Briscoe at Phoenix. So, uh, I'm looking for them to do better. and really looking for, um, RFK Racing, the Brad Kislowski, Jack Roush, and Fenway ownership group team, uh, to do a lot better. I, I expect a lot out of them at Talladega since they were strong at Daytona, which seems to be their bread and butter. But they, it was just bad luck that, um, Chris Buescher was involved in an early accident, and Brad Keselowski, I think, just kept shooting himself in the foot with um, penalties on pit road. Really didn't help his cause, and if they're going to gain any traction, it should have been at Talladega to kind of turn their season around, Um, because it's been pitiful. Um, But anyway, like I said, we got Dover next weekend, and a couple of weeks we've got. Darlington. And I'm excited. I'm excited because it is throwback weekend. Um, Darlington, which is a throwback track, one of NASCAR's original tracks, classic tracks. Um, This has gone from the modern era all the way back, all the way back to the Richard Petty's and Junior Johnson's uh, racing on it, Ned Jarrett. uh, Track has so much history. It is great to see that Darlington and NASCAR honor that history with a a throwback weekend. Um, There's many, many throwbacks have been announced so far. I'm not going to go through them all. Uh, I may say that as a special episode. But um, there's been some really cool ones uh, that have come out since the last time I recorded. Um, and and there's been some which have just either fallen flat or just abysmal. Um, and there's more getting released every day. Um, I've seen some that really, really made me excited. Um, like, I, I never thought I'd be excited over, really over a Chase Elliott one. Um, he's got a really good one for this year, but, um... What's funny is most of the Chase Elliott stuff does not impress me. I think I'm, I think in terms of die-casts, I maybe only have four Chase Elliott cars because I'm really not that impressed by Chase Elliott nor his diecast. I think um, two of them have been throwbacks though. Um, his first year as a rookie, um, doing a throwback to his father's. Uh, Paint one of his father's paint schemes and uh, last year in in a twist of irony, his sponsor uh, Hooters did a throwback to their championship winning car in 1992 with the late Alan Kowicki and the guy that Alan Kowicki beat out by just less than 10 points uh, was none other than Chase's father, Bill Elliott. So I kind of got a chuckle out of that irony um, I'm sure, uh, Bill must have had mixed feelings when he saw that car. Um, but, um, there, there's been some that I've really liked and there's some that I just have not felt. Matter of fact, they have one car and I'll get into this when I do, um, my Darlington throwback special. Uh, this car, when, when it says what it's honoring, um, on a website called Tony dot uh, um, he is a pretty. I I don't want to say NASCAR blogger because uh, this is a you know kind of equated a little higher. It is it is a NASCAR news and information site um, done by a. Um, Toby Christie, along with uh, many other authors, and, and they've actually become, like, a legitimate news source site uh, in the sport of NASCAR, the same way Jski.com, uh, about 20 years ago, had become one. Oh, 25 years ago, um, they had become, like, one of the true sources in the sport, um, j definitely, this was before Twitter and uh, whatnot. And um, so, anyway, uh, Toby Christie had actually, has a Darlington um, throwback scheme tracker. And it lists all the cars and the teams that are out there in all three series and which ones have uh, throwbacks and actually post pictures of those throwbacks that have been released and um, On there There is a team that has a, a special paint scheme for there But lists the throwback that they're honoring as TBA to be announced um, I've seen what the throwback looks like it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen in the past or anything remotely close Some teams, um, other teams have taken very, very liberal um, ideas of a throwback. Um, One um, lists a throwback to a Hall of Fame driver, even though the car does not look remotely close um, to said throwback driver. But like I said, I'm going to get in on that, and I'm going to um, probably after Darlington, I'll do this special and list what there were. Uh, there were a lot of great ones last year. Um, some that really, really popped me. I think one of my favorite ones of last year. Was actually. I. I after the race. I went out. I ordered a, a t-shirt of the throwback. And actually ordered the die cast. And I'd love to have gotten a couple more die casts at the time of uh chase briscoe um, you know i'm not gonna say i have a little bit of a bias for the kid uh i i do i do like the young man uh he's a great upstanding young man and well anytime you not only get into tony stewart's team but you actually take over the car that he used to drive um after he retired and his replacement clint boyer retired and clint boyer was no slouch and one of my favorites as well Um, you know, you got some big shoes to fill, and he's done a really good job filling those shoes. Uh, And not only that, but his sponsor last year uh, was a company called Uh, Highpoint.com. Highpoint.com is a IT uh, service company based out of Sparta, New Jersey. Now, I'm sure um, CKCC Radio... Uh, Head honcho Chris O'Mealy just familiar with Sparta, New Jersey, and probably some of you who uh, listen uh, to this show. Uh, Sparta was pretty much one of my old stomping grounds in in my um, post-high school college years Um, prior to me moving to Maine. I spent a lot of time in Sparta, so it feels like a hometown thing. So, that... The driver and the paint scheme, which was a a, th- a throwback to Tony's hero growing up and throughout his career. Uh, the one and only A.J. Foy, who not only was Tony's hero, but one of the guys who I thought, and I still think to this day, is probably one of the best drivers in the history of auto racing. Uh, I don't think... You know you have your Lewis Hamiltons, your your Michael Schumachers, AJ Foyt. I think was as good, if not better, than them in his heyday, and he drove anything and everything, uh, from Le Mans to sprint cars on dirt. He was uh, a four-time Indianapolis Five Hundred champion, a former Daytona Five Hundred champion. Uh, raced in uh, the USAC uh, stock car series, um, and he has been not only a great ambassador to motorsports, but he is probably as honest and as blunt as they come. You know, sometimes that can be a detriment too. But uh, I there, there will never be another AJ Foyt. The closest we've ever gotten. Uh, since AJ stepped out of the car, is a uh, a young man named Tony Stewart, and his career turned out pretty well. You know, NASCAR Hall of Fame. I I think he'll. I think he's in the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. He's in a bunch of Hall of Fames, um, driving pretty much everything and anything and winning in it, uh, much like AJ. So anyway, that was my big throwback last year. Uh, another one that I really wish got made, but I can only imagine the licensing rights, was Joe Graff Jr. And, um, and his bucked up energy car doing a throwback to the Back to the Future DeLorean. Um, all marked up like, the, uh, like Doc Brown's uh, time-traveling uh, machine there. So I popped hard when I saw that one. I mean, that was... The first time I saw that picture of that car, I uh, did what a... Uh, I guess in wrestling terms, it would be the Road Warrior pop. I mean, I was screaming, yes, banging on, banging on my table. I thought it was the coolest friggin' thing ever. Um, and hopefully this year doesn't disappoint. I mean, that's... Those two set the bar pretty high. And there's been some throwbacks that have set the bar very high in the past. Um, So, like I said, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, I'm running late on time, to be honest, because I was going to dive into Tony Brettinger's comments. Uh, Actually, I still got a little bit of time. I could dive into Tony Brettinger's comments. Um, Tony Brettinger is a a female driver, and one of the 10 drivers, one of the eight drivers, I apologize, one of the eight drivers that was selected for the Bush Beer Women in uh, Racing you know, Development Program, she had posted an AMA, and um, one of the things that was talked about was how much help she was getting through this Bush Beer Program. And she, her response was basically that she is... Um, not in it. Let me look while I am parked. Um, that she is no longer part of the program. Let me find her actual words here. Um, bear with me a second. Um, she really did not have a whole lot to say. And not a whole lot good to say anyway. Um, but let me find uh, this here. Um, here it is. Brettinger is part of the initial eight driver lineup, which includes, uh, fellow ARCA racer, Amber Backland, Brittany Zamora, who is competing, um, in the late model series. And is also one of the drivers that is up for the SRX, uh, ringer, uh, spot at, um, Nashville Fairground Speedway, and as far as I know, she is still high in the voting. Uh, Jennifer Jo Cobb, who is a truck series driver owner, a longtime female uh, mainstay on that circuit. Melissa Fitfield, uh, who competes in the Whelan Modified series. Natalie Decker, who competes in both the trucks and the Xfinity series. And Stephanie Moyer, who I don't know much about. Anyway, Brettinger's comments about this. Uh, I am not part of the Bush's program anymore. Uh, right now, there is a huge narrative. There is a huge narrative large corporations are trying to say that they support women in sports, so they are making big announcements that they are supporting. Uh, Brettinger, who is 22, competes full-time on the Arkham Menard Series for Venturini Motorsports, driving the number 25 Toyota Camry. Uh... Back to her quote here from this article: "It is important to let. It is important that people know that if a company isn't on my car or on my suit or on my helmet, they are not my sponsor." Jerk continued, "I'm focusing on my sponsors that are actually being about it and putting my car on the track and really supporting women in sports. So what she's saying, in her eyes, is that they were supporting these women and not really, you know." putting any effort into her or her car um you know i know that they've drawn attention trying to help get these driver sponsors um it's not so much uh when i read the initial press release it's not so much sponsoring these cars or putting money towards them they're trying to help them get all these other things um this isn't the the first thing that brettinger has said um Involving that, she had a women in sports initiative, uh, program on her car this weekend at Talladega. And, um, she's had multiple other sponsors. Uh, Brettinger had also, um, had, had, um, many things to say involving, um, Talladega this weekend. um, any separate piece that she had, um. That one of the drivers had quoted that she got behind. That she tapped him from behind and he went into another car. She said that he should stop getting free publicity because he wasn't near the car and all. Uh, Left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. But anyway, um, we'll talk more about that later on. And um, I will talk to you again next week. Um, So... Until then, I will see you at the track."